sometimes strange things can happen. Coast to coast, all night, every night. There's really no reason to be afraid. On WTNS AM FM online. W263 AI Murfreesboro. W270AF Murfreesboro. WGNS Murfreesboro. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome into the action line. Right now, the time 817 as we uh, welcome our radio audience and those listening, of course, online on WGNSRadio.com. Perhaps you're listening on your smartphone or tablet. We welcome you in as well, our worldwide audience, as I like to call them. And of course, those listening locally on the dial, we thank you guys for being a part of the broadcast this morning. Our conversation this morning is going to uh, be with State Representatives Charlie Baum, Tim Rudd, and Mike Sparks as we chat about a number of things coming up this year as we've talked about some legislation that could be being passed and we've covered a lot of this stuff uh, here in the last couple months and uh, kind of recap some of that and get you guys updated. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Hello. Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> Tim Rudd, well, Mike Sparks, Dr. Baum. and Brian Terry joining us. <laughs> I might have got that backwards. Apologize for that, gentlemen. <laughs> Um, guests this morning, uh, Tim Rudd, Mike Sparks, and Brian Terry, though. And, uh, gentlemen, we've talked about a number of these things we'll cover this morning kind of off and on over the last couple months, and we'll recap some of that. But uh, I wanted to start with you guys, Mike Sparks, Brian Terry. Anything new that uh, has come up that you guys want to discuss? Anything that uh, we can update our listeners from last time when we spoke last month? Yeah, uh, thank you for having us on. Uh, this is uh, Representative Brian Terry. And um, we have uh, – I had a couple of bills that um, – got through uh this um uh, this week one of them uh I, I referred to as the mercenary rioter act and that is uh has two components really to it if you are paid to riot or if you come in from out of state with the intent to create a or call, uh, commit a criminal offense and you riot uh, you get charged with aggravated rioting and uh, aggravated rioting right now is if there's um, in bodily injury in there and so now that there will be three potential potential ways to get aggravated rioting it's an e-felony and if you commit uh, two or more of those uh, it increases you to a minimum 60-day sentence and so uh, a lot of that's uh, based off of something called social contagion theory and it's it's kind of like where, uh, and it's it's really there to protect the peaceful protesters here in Tennessee. You know, they go out there and they protest, and we're all about uh, First Amendment and your your uh, freedom to assemble, assemble and and freedom to uh, speak and all that, and and so uh, protecting our constitutional rights uh, from that uh, perspective. But if you have some bad actors that are paid, and they come in, and they uh, you know start throwing rocks or charging a building or something like that then people can get caught up in the moment and then all of a sudden you have peaceful protesters that become criminals because they they start rioting and that's what it's uh, designed to do and so that passed uh, the other night and that's going to be going to the uh, governor's desk and then 
another bill that I passed this week, and they're there, I have to take action on it in the Senate. Uh, I call it the, it's, it's the Firearm Information Privacy Protection Act, and that's um, uh, it's kind of like HIPAA, you know, health, uh, for health uh, insurance, uh, health information. But I call I call it FIPA uh, from that uh, perspective. And what it does is, in the event that the feds have a gun registry or a gun confiscation program, if you are uh, uh, personnel of the state, whether elected or not, an employee or elected official, and you give firearm, firearm accessory, or ammunition information to the feds for the purposes of confiscating or um, uh, registering somebody's firearms, then it's a class A misdemeanor. And then uh, either any employee or anything like that, or personnel or a private citizen, if you unlawfully obtain that like you're trespassing or uh, breaking an area or you get confidential records or if you know it should be or that it's been unlawfully obtained and you give that information to the feds then it's a it creates a cause of action where you could get all sorts of penalties including up to or you know suggestion was around seventy five thousand dollar fine plus other penalties and so we're trying to push back on on some of the um, overreach and things that that may be going on out there in the reference to the uh, writing you were talking about, a lot of that's ramped up over the last year especially. How much of these uh, conversations are kind of around things that are happening now that have, again, with the with the, um, you know law helping out teachers with testing scores and something like that we've talked about had a lot to do with COVID and kids being out of the classroom. Uh, how much of that had to just do with a lot of the writing we saw last year and, and some of that as far as putting this into place now? Are these conversations you guys have had uh, previous years that are kind of just getting summed up now? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following you on the the COVID and how the writing, but uh, I mean, being different issues, some of the things that, um, you know, I, the term is Kairos, you know, timing. And sometimes, um, sometimes in the realm of debate, um, if something's at the forefront of what's going on, then that's when more people that are on the fence may actually become supportive of the issue and so maybe t if, if that's to your point if there's some issues whether it's like the the, the holding the teachers har harmless uh you know some people you know say that we have to do this testing we want to do this but then all of a sudden there's a situation that occurs then they have to change their opinion and you know uh and well, what i say do what's right but uh, uh and then like some of the stuff from rioting uh, there's another bill i think that may be coming through leader gant has one dealing with that as well, but it's it's something that it's it's something we get from constituents, and they want us to take action on that, and and um, you know, and we're happy to to move that ball forward. All righty, that was State Rep. Brian Terry joining us and uh, talking about a number of different things, and that that is what I was alluding to as far as the timing goes, yeah. is, is kind of pushing these issues just a little bit more as they're you know maybe more relevant now than a few years ago, uh, based on some of the things we've seen recently. So, all righty, thank you for that. Uh, also with us this morning, uh, Tim Rudd and Mike Sparks, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to uh, maybe move down. We'll go uh, to Tim now. And Tim, uh, any updates for us on uh, some of the things we'd spoken with in the past? And um, as we know, we're kind of wrapping up this year. Um, any updates for our listeners? Yeah, hi, this is Tim Rudd. Um, I've had several people asked about uh, what about sanctuary uh, state legislation going through Scotty Campbell's. Uh, Todd Warner from Lewisburg also had some similar legislation. Uh, Scotty's was going to be up on sanctuary uh, state was going to be up uh, yesterday. He delayed it till Monday because Todd Warner 
State Representative Todd Warner passed legislation that had part of his in it. So they're going to cut that out of Scotty's Monday. Uh, the Senate wanted it cut out of one paragraph since it was a duplicate. So Sanctuary State should be up uh, Monday and should pass. Uh, that would make uh, Tennessee join, what is it, about 15, I think, 15 other states. Um, uh, also, we had, per of course, this session, we had permitless carry, which we discussed last time. It did, uh, did pass, went through. Um, uh, one thing we didn't bring up that was a big, big plus that uh, Brian um, uh, was, uh, was heading up was the TANF funds. Did a great job on that, and that went through. And uh, we had one thing that was uh, one of the things that, that I disagreed with that I talked about um, at a previous meeting was uh, we set up $250 million for a mental health care trust fund for K-12 and with the uh, intention of using about $7 million a year in interest. I didn't agree with tying up so much money that we needed elsewhere and we could afford to what they're going to earn on interest we could easily put in the budget each year so i felt that money sitting there was not a good use of that money so i was against that and uh, what that would uh, do is what what bothered me is we didn't address is our local jails since we've shut down all except for the violent convicted mentally ill we've shut down all the mental health hospitals and institutions around the state and have them in halfway houses but where the really troublesome mental health people that aren't on aren't our street corners begging for money they're in our county jails we've dumped the state has dumped the mental health um, uh, violent and disruptive mental mentally ill into our county jails and they're overwhelmed all across the state and we're not giving them assistance and for us to set aside 250 million without helping those local county jails to me is atrocious so it really upset me that we uh, we are not properly helping the county jails or the mentally ill and um, um, we also um, let's see I'm going down we had um, uh, which Brian may want to go back to. We had insurance, uh, pharmacies, healthcare billing, and all that, and a lot of different bills that was gone through. Some made it, some died in the Senate. It was general sub. There was a real effort that um, Brian and um, Robin Smith and others made this year to reform some of that, and uh, some of it made it out of committee, then some didn't make it out of the Senate. So we just keep trying on that. And um, we had the... Um, I had the Unborn Child Dignity Act, which passed the House and Senate at the governor's desk now. We should be having a ceremony soon. And that's where uh, we discussed last time that, um, that any, any aborted, surgically aborted child, and that's important to understand that surgically aborted child, um, right now they're thrown in the trash or flushed down the toilet at abortion clinics. And now they're going to have to be treated with respect. In Tennessee, they're either going to have to be cremated or buried. Um, the other thing we had the, uh, that you had asked about the transgender sports bill by Scott Zapicki, uh, it went through and it passed the house and Senate. And that just basically states that no longer, I guess it could be both ways, but no longer can a boy who is claiming to be a girl can steal a girl's scholarship away from her. Like it's been going on other States. And by the way, is now starting to be overturned in courts, I believe in Connecticut, so that's just grossly unfair, especially if you have a rural, a poor rural child or a, a poor child in the city who has worked their whole life, um, their young life to uh, in sports to get a scholarship for a better way of life and then have a boy just come in and steal it from them. It's not fair. Um, anyone deserves to live the life they want, uh, boy or girl, but they shouldn't still violate the rights of other people to do that, and that's what they were doing. Um, this bill protects the rights of both. Um, also, we had the uh, the bathroom sign bill. 
Uh, this is a very simple bill that try, people tries to make it into more than it is. It just simply states that if you're in a business that has multiple stalls and allows multiple people in at the same time, and you're allowing opposite sex into the other person's restroom, you just have to post a small sign outside the door uh, letting them know that you that's your policy so they know what to expect. And in reality, it protects transgenders as well as non-transgenders because if a... Um, if a husband or a father is waiting outside the restroom and their daughter or wife goes in and starts screaming and there's a man standing in there, probably some violence could happen. So at least this lets people know when they go in the restroom what to expect. Um, and then, of course, uh, which is more of a local issue, and um, it's in Brian's district, and he's the, um, he's the one that's been uh, working on that, but we have the landfill issue that, uh, that's been popping up, the landfill expansion that we all signed on to a... Um, to a letter the, against the expansion, and uh, that's more state-controlled um, uh, by the committee. I believe it's, I don't know what the commission's called, Brian, but it's um, what is the one they have to get it approved by in Nashville? It's the Tennessee Central Solid Waste Region Board. So they're working on that, Brian. When it comes back in, he can update you on that if he if he knows any further information that's been reported at this point. So that's kind of where we're at, and then of course we pass the budget. We can discuss that throughout the program. What's so good and bad about it? And um, I guess that, that's my update. All righty. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll be right back with State Representatives Tim Rudd, Mike Sparks, and Brian Terry. Thank you for joining us. We're going to check on those good neighbor events and that weather. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Good Neighbor Events with Bart Walker. Brought to you by the Law Offices of John Day and AmeriCare Pest Control. Does your home or business need COVID-19 virus cleaning? Hi, I'm Tom Sweat from AmeriCare Services. We're a locally owned company and we specialize in cleaning and disinfecting for the COVID-19 virus. Our EPA registered and approved products are 100% effective at killing COVID-19. To learn more, contact AmeriCare at 893-7111 or on the web at americareservices.com forward slash coronavirus. Now, WGNS Good Neighbor Events. Learn about local history. Head over to the One Room Ransom Schoolhouse this Saturday from 9 in the morning until noon and meet your friends from the Rutherford County Historical Society. It's all free. They even have a pot of coffee on for you and talk about local history. Ransom School is at 717 North Academy Street. That's this Saturday from 9 until noon. If you're between the ages of 7 and 14, sign up for the Murfreesboro Track and Field. It begins Monday evening at 5 on May 3rd. That's at the track at Riverdale High School. And they're also signing up for the Summer Basketball League for ages 15 to 17 over at the Patterson Park Community Center. And the Adult Basketball League is also getting together at SwartzCon for fun activities from the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department, including Toddler Time with Thomas for persons age 5 and younger. That's Friday mornings at 10 at SwartzCon. Those are WGNS Good Neighbor events. 
Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Edwin Lee Raymer here with the P.I. Show. We come to you every Sunday night from 8 until 10 p.m. We discuss some local politics, some national politics, and other issues just as they come aboard. So join us here every Sunday evening from 8 until 10 on WGNS. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 1 to 4. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Broderick County's place to talk. Welcome back in, folks. Right now, 8.33 the time and 59 degrees out the door for us. Some Light fog this morning, but that's starting to break up, it looks like, for the most part. And we got a pretty good day in store for us, so looking forward to that. Joining us this morning on the Action Line, State Representatives Tim Rudd, Mike Sparks, and Brian Terry joining the show as we're kind of making our way around the circle this morning. And uh, Brian, you had some updates for us on uh, some insurance health care reform and uh, talking about the landfill, amongst some other things. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Right. Yeah, thank you. And I, uh, as I mentioned off, off the air, I just wanted to add a little something on... Um, Representative Rudd was talking about the Second Amendment Sanctuary State Bill, and one of the um, parts of that bill that the Senate did take, and we will conform when it comes over to to us, uh, was an amendment that I had them put on, gave them to, in the Senate, and currently, right now, we have something called, it's Public Chapter 380, and it says state funds, personnel, or property cannot be used um, to suppress Second Amendment rights if it violates Tennessee state law, common law, or Tennessee constitution. And so his bill is going to contain a uh, section in it that says if an elected official violates public chapter 380, uh, that's rules or grounds for an ouster. So we're putting teeth in, in, in that. So that's one of the things. Um, from a health um, perspective, one of the big issues that's often been out there is what they call balance billing or surprise billing. And that's oftentimes where either, um, you know, a hospital or somebody either can't get into a, a network and you're out of network or a physician can't get into a network or they're out of network. Or if somebody goes to the ER and there's, um, they, they feel like they may get, get a surprise bill. It's something that they're not sure that they get. That was one of the things that, um, at the fe- the federal level, they did, uh, take some action on that. We, uh, tried to strengthen that this year by doing a few things one is to put together what's called an all uh, claims payer or all payer claims database uh, to gather that information so that when uh, when uh, physicians or hospitals or any sort of providers and the insurance companies um, when they go to negotiate on this that we would know what's fair what's what's in the region you know so that you don't have somebody particularly in a rural healthcare area where they don't uh, their payer mix may be quite a bit lower than somebody that's in a urban or suburban area and it would at least give them more of a bargaining chip unfortunately that bill did not get through and then the uh, uh, the other another thing that we had 
was dealing with medical necessity and what that term is, and, and uh, Representative Rudd was in the, in the committee too, and we we voted for it. But that's you know when a physician, particularly in a in, a, uh, in an emergency situation, ninety five percent of these balanced billing or surprise billings come out of what uh, something similar was called EMTALA, Emergency uh, Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act, and that was something signed by Reagan back in the in the eighties. If you have to take care of somebody at, when they come to the hospital, if it's for emergency care or if they're actively laboring about to have a baby, but if they're out of network, they may get charged, and, and that's probably 95% of the balanced billing. And if we could just change the term medical necessity where the insurers, uh, you know, physicians have to take care of those patients, hospitals have to take care of those patients, but EMTALA does not require insurers to cover that. And so if it's for medical necessity, then that would stop like 95% of the balance billing. So that's something that we looked at. And then um, uh, uh, Representative Rudd uh, took, um, brought up the, the landfill issue, and that's something that, uh, I, you know, I don't know if all the listeners know, but you know, the Republic had put out an application for uh, expansion of their uh, their footprint out there more towards uh, Jefferson Pike and uh, you know the the county has had been doing a the RFP process because they were under the presumption that the landfill was going to close within five to eight years and they're you know hearing people right now over that and this application had it gone through uh, was going to uh, increase I think it was 32 million tons more of trash and waste that could be out there and may expand the time frame from a five to eight years to maybe another 25 years on there. If you, if you figure on their application, it was 4,500 tons a day and 32 million uh, tons and, and they're operating five and a half days a week. And so, uh, but my understanding is they have withdrawn that application or their, their plan is to withdraw that application at least until March of 2022, and so we've all had conversations with uh, TDEC and and with the mayors, Mayor McFarland, Mayor Ketron, and and you know if there's and the the locals here, they they're I mean it's it's a local, obviously a local issue, and and they uh, you know they have their attorneys and and their lobbyists and all that, and if they uh, this will give them at least some time if, if they can find something legislatively or something legally. I mean, we've had those discussions with them that we can do. We're more than happy to run to do something. It's just we need, you know, if, if they can find a solution for us or if they can find a solution before Republic may do this reapplication uh, that doesn't require legislation, that'd be, you know, be great. But, uh, you know, we all stand, our delegation stands opposed to that expanded proposal so you mentioned uh tens of thousands of pounds of trash getting put back in there is that uh are we talking murfreesboro trash rutherford county the greater nashville area is this is this more just in murfreesboro are we talking about a wider web of of where this uh landfill trash is coming from well uh yeah, that's a great question um so uh they got their original permit back in 1988 and there was a contract, I believe it was signed in 96 by the, the locals, uh, I think it was uh, Nancy Allen, uh, signed that contract in 96, and it pretty much gives the authority for the landfill to take in what waste they want. And so there's multiple counties, I think maybe close to 30 counties or so, that, that is bringing waste into Rutherford County. So it's not just 
our local trash going there. It's it's all over, and so that's one of the the issues that we often have. Um, if uh, like two sessions ago, um, he was Senator Ketron at the time. He and I sat down and, and we tried to. Uh, impact the permits of what could be in there but we were told that uh, the attorney said because of that contract it's a between a private company and a, a local we could not do something at the state level to supersede that contract and so we couldn't do something uh, that year and there's so there's a lot of um, intricate details and things that there's a lot of landmines in there and if you know that there's over you know, so many other counties that are out there, you know, there's four of us legislators in the House and there's two senators, but, you know, we're outnumbered, uh, you know, in the Senate, they're outnumbered 31 to two and in the House, we're outnumbered, you know, 95 to four. And so finding solutions that A, are constitutional, B, that work, and then getting the support of other people that don't want a landfill in their district it's uh i mean it's it's quite difficult to, to navigate that that's a great point brian this tim right it's a great point brian just brought up which we have with a lot of stuff we need is a high growth county and trash is another thing is all the other um probably a third of the entire general assembly's trash has been dumped in redford county so what's their incentive to help us out then they wouldn't have a place to dump their trash but i think the big concern other than just trash because part of the deal that they signed in the 90s that brian mentioned is that we get to dump our trash for free in exchange for them getting to dump it everywhere. And at one point, there was medical waste coming in from New York City. They stopped that. Uh, as far as I know, that's still stopped. But there's waste, I imagine, coming in from out of state there, too, maybe even southern Kentucky. But the real problem is the smell is coming from uh, cities, both local and around the state, sending their sewage there. And when it rains or leaks, uh, that causes a tremendous smell. And um, I don't know a way to, other than to stopping that, maybe they can do that in negotiations. I don't know if there's any way, but uh, Brian can, yeah. uh, hey, the landfills in his district, if there's an expert on the landfill out there, it's Brian. <laughs> well, and, and I, I will tell you, uh, to follow up on that point, and Tim made a great point here, uh, stuff, stuff coming in from out of state. One of the things that, you know, I looked at, what could, what could we stop from other counties coming into our landfill and say that we could, what we cannot do from a delegation or from a, a state standpoint is interfere with interstate commerce. So if they are allowed to, to get whatever they want and say we stop N Nashville from bringing their trash in, then from an interstate, com uh, uh, interstate commerce perspective, they may get that trash from Birmingham. So th there's some a lot of intricate details that it's, it's – there's a lot of landmines out there that uh, – that you have to look at and how we can better protect our constituents i mean we're as i said on on the news the other day uh i got interviewed i think on tuesday you know we're tired of being the outhouse of of middle tennessee and we're standing up trying to do what we can to stop it but there's a lot of landmines that are out there and brian you you brought up another a point that affects us and causes a lot of supreme court action on other legislation we cannot under any conditions go back and make something retroactive and change a private agreement we can set the rules for future agreements to be made but anytime we go back and make a law retroactive and it violates a private agreement or the a right already agreed to supreme court usually strikes that down that affects all kinds of legislation i was one of the first legislators in the country to pass 
um, restrictions on signs on uh, and HOAs, and that was only because it was going forward from a certain date. It wasn't retroactive. All the other bills around the country had been struck down because it was retroactive. But uh, that was a, a great point on private agreements. It's very sticky how we can handle that. A listener question, uh, this is a two-parter, asking about that agreement. If there's a length of agreement, so like a contract in place where maybe at a certain year that expires, and how is the growth of Murfreesboro? We have a lot more trash now than we did 20 years ago. It seems like maybe that could be an outdated theory that, that we'd be a good spot because we just have so much of our own trash the way the city has grown. Uh, great great questions, actually. And uh, I'm kind of follow up a little bit on what uh, Representative Rudd said. Um, so making things retroactive, uh, I said earlier that they got the original permit in 1988. Uh, a, ja the, a law called the Jackson Law was passed in 1989. And any, any landfill after 89 that either wants to be a new landfill or has to uh, or wants to expand, they have to get local approval um, by their their county. And the fact that this republic, they, they put that in their application that they are grandfathered out of the Jackson Law. They legally are out. And so for us to try to make that retroactive, as Tim said, there's it's legally difficult for something like that to do and then it would have to impact statewide because there's i think there's 14 other landfills that are grandfathered out and so you would end up in 14 different lawsuits uh, on something along those lines as far as the contract uh the way I, my understanding of it is it's uh the contract is in place until the landfill is full and so there's not like a term limit every 10 years you go back to the table and renew that's not my understanding of what it is it's it's until perpetuity until they no longer can uh function and one of the things that we learned or i, I learned this week you know they keep saying you know i think when i first got elected they said well it's maybe got eight ten years left here i am seven years yeah. later and we may have eight ten years <laughs> ten years <laughs> left saying, yeah. and one of the things I, I found out you know the landfills when they do their applications it's based on height air you know airspace and slope engineering what they ha they have to have and they they what uh, TDEC had told me is that the reason sometimes it, it is prolonged is that the height of it actually compresses some over time and so then they get more room at the top where they can put more on there and it just kind of compresses and so that may have an impact on the uh, length of it but that's uh, to the the caller's um, uh, point uh, there to my understanding there's not uh, a time limit it's until it closes all righty any final thoughts gentlemen we'll take a quick break no all righty we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back with state reps Tim Rudd, Mike Sparks, and Brian Terry. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. Spent 20 years in the U.S. Army, spent time in the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, and retired in 2004. U.S. Army veteran Ron Leonard. I saw a lot of stuff, been 10 years first in the Navy, so I saw it from a Navy side, and then I spent the National Guard my last 10 years. But we did see a lot off the coast of Iraq during Desert Storm 1, and yeah, we did see a lot. 
you made the switch? Well, my record was good, and I laid out a year, and then uh, back in the 90s, joining the National Guard was a lot of fun because, you you know, you just did your two weeks, and after 9-11, as we know, those things changed. Kind of sure. tell us what you do now. We came in contact with a group called Canines for Christ, and it's uh, training your dog to comfort uh, wounded warriors and those that suffer with PTSD. So we started training our dog, Molly, and Molly now is a therapy dog to our wounded warriors and folks that have PTSD, and we're also working with local local law enforcement helping victims of crime. For those who are not familiar with post-traumatic stress, tell us a little bit about that and what some of these veterans are suffering from sure. when they come back. Sure. PTSD was uh, something that has been prevalent since almost the beginning of time, but it was not diagnosed until the 1980s. But it's actually a person that comes back and they have flashbacks. They withdraw from people. It's considered from one to four, which four is suicidal. And over 30% of our troops will be dealing with ongoing PTSD when they come back. The WGNS salute to veterans with Army veterans. Ron Leonard. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The GNS in our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. WTNS, AM, FM, and online. Welcome back in. Right now, the time 8.50, and uh, you're listening to News Radio WGNS as we're chatting about uh, some new legislation, things being discussed this year, and uh, with us, state... Representatives Tim Rudd, Mike Sparks, and Brian Terry joining us. And Mike Sparks, uh, a couple things you wanted to cover, so we're going to kind of turn your way now. Mike, good morning. Well, I think you said you got Casey on hold, right? And we do. We have Casey. We're going to bring him out on just a second. I uh, just wanted right. to introduce well, you. Real, and- yeah, real quick. Um, I know one of the main, other than the, the uh, what I call Mount Trashmore, and I appreciate our delegation uh, with Dr. Brian Terry uh, leading the effort in the discussion of, of what the options are at the, at the landfill, which are you know obviously very very limited but i appreciate his passion for that um uh, we got good news this week about the uh, from the epa about ending emissions uh, off the air i know it's a big issue for for rutherford county milton c i was just sharing off there one of the, that issue has kind of been led by judge carter mike carter and um mike's in bad shape um he he's 
battling pancreatic cancer. He's out of uh, cancer. Just a great guy. But uh, looks like that's uh, hopefully going to end uh, soon. But um, uh, but there's a merit of issues that we deal with in the General Assembly. We just passed a $42.6 billion budget. And um, uh, one thing I want to compliment Mayor Kitchen and the County Commission is uh, uh, they are looking at moving the Weekly Lane Convenience Center over to uh, back what we call the Country Club area, which was the old Country Club off G Street and, um, uh, in Smyrna. Uh, and uh, as a county commissioner um, years ago, I kept bringing it up. That, that site's getting to be worth some money, and um, uh, that site's getting to be worth some money and uh, where it's the current location. But anybody that travels in Smyrna, North Rutherford County, realizes how how issue how serious that issue is um, with with uh, with the landfill. I mean, with the um, convenience center, and um, uh, it's not convenience; kind of an oxymoron. But um, before we get into Casey, I want to share a story with with the listeners. When I was first invited to come up here, and that was Gloria Christie. Christie, I just got elected county commissioner. And I used to hear Casey Clark call him, and he used to give the sheriff. I mean, I, I, can I use the word H E double L on the radio? Is that okay? Uh, that you're shaking out shit. Well, anyways, he would just give them all just a hard time, put it that way. And uh, and I remember I said a prayer. I was a little nervous about Casey Clark, man. And I just said, Lord, I just ask you to take care of Casey Clark for me. You just take care of that guy. And this is one th- the reason I'm probably a strong believer is because I've seen the Lord's hand work and. Um, and I'm going to tell you what, me and Casey got along ever since. Casey's from my community, from up there at uh, David Jury Hilltop, and a uh, great guy. He's come in and played music for me uh, on two occasions for free at um, Rosenwald reunions that we put together. And um, so let's hear what Casey's got to say, Nick. Good morning, uh, people. Good morning, Barry. Brother, how you doing? Oh, man, I tell you, what are we going to do about the traffic department, the growth in Mothersboro? Everything is just going wild, like y'all talking about the smell of Hickory Grove. You know, I played at, at that Hickory Grove Church and all Walter Hill. Man, it is, what can you call it? I'm not going to say it on the radio, I ain't going to use the word. But other day, you know, I watch the news, and they're saying something else about we've been lied to again about a park. They call it one thing, and the other day on the news, they're saying they're going to do something else with the land. Did you all hear about that? You're talking about the Blackman area? So, yes, sir. Probably. Okay. We, we've been told one thing when they go up and, I guess, write the check. When the money comes, it goes another direction. How many times have we been told this, people? Yeah, I'm, I mean, Casey, I'm not familiar with Blackman area. I mean, the, the park. I'm sure it's going to get done. I mean, I know... Mayor McFarland and others, they're passionate about, um, uh, y'all have got a great parks department here in, in the city as well. As but they've already small. changed it. It's not going to be what they said it was going to be. Oh, you, I think they've got some, uh, I think I think they've got some corporate jobs that may be coming in over in that site, if I'm not mistaken. Is that, is that right? Yeah, they, and so, uh, so. They, they purchase land for, a, they, they purchase land nearby that they want to use for a park, and they want to yeah. use the part of the most of the land they were going to use for the new park at Burnt Knob, I believe, as a um, as a uh, industrial or job recruitment. Yeah. Since it's right next to 840, they wanted to be able to recruit jobs there, yeah. but their plans are still to put a park in. But I think it's going to be off Franklin Road. Well, Casey, nearby. I think it's. It I mean, I've got faith in Mayor McFarland that you got a good town council. I've got faith they're going to do the right thing. They already changed it. 
Well, sometimes change is good. I mean, a lot of people don't like change. Sometimes change is good, you know. <laughs> I can't beat y'all today. Can hey, I? whatever happened to your birthday party y'all invited me to? Did y'all give up on your birthday party? What was that, December 6th? Is that your birthday? Uh, everything just went wild and crazy. We're going to stay. We're going to keep you all informed. But just so much is going on, so many things have happened. How's your sister doing? She's, she's doing a lot, a lot better. We had dinner with her a couple of Sundays ago. But just so, so much is going on until, you know, a COVID done really, boy, haven't it got popular? Well, Casey, let me ask you, speaking yes, of COVID, sir. speaking of, but we are talking about the First Amendment earlier, the right to, to free speech, right to assemble. Hey, what happened to your sister's church over on Old Nashville Highway? Are they still over there? No, sir. Yeah, it, is that not a sad situation? That was a church that y'all have heard me talk about on the radio. It was oh, locked yeah. out for two years. It was locked out, folks, and this happened right here in Rutherford County. Yes, sir. I tell you, man, the, the, the church department, I know a lot of my friends are listening right now. God is not pleased with us. Amen. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Yeah. We, we're taught one way, but we're definitely walking another. And I know a lot of my friends are listening, and they know I'm Casey everywhere I'm at. I'm I'm gonna tell you what I see. Yeah. I'm not you can you can talk one way, but how are we walking? Yeah. And they wanna say, Well politicians do hey, politicians at least they do stand. Yeah. And you can't take it away from them. A lot of if they if they're wrong they see a stand. Yeah. Well, that church, that, that, that story needs to be aired uh, more. You know, I had to beg Fox 17. It's on YouTube. If folks don't know what we're talking about, type in Word of Life Laverne, and it's on there. Um, go ahead, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for calling in, Casey. Go yes, ahead. I appreciate you, Mike. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I'll be talking to you. Okay. Take care. Nope. Hate to cut you off, Casey. We're just about down to the last yeah, minute or two, so I all just right. wanted to uh, catch up with you guys, make sure we, uh, we're all good to go. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap up this morning? I just wanted to thank you guys again for uh, joining us the last couple months and getting this information out to the listeners. I know they appreciate it and getting these listener questions answered and uh, being transparent. So I'll let you guys wrap oh, up with any my. final thoughts. Update. He's got some great news on roads. We're fighting oh, for yeah. some and some starting. Well, you, you well, we're talking about we're talking about Jefferson Pike, something we've been fighting the delegation for for years. And um, uh, the irony is, we finally get it wide. Now I'm getting complaints about construction. So you you can't win for losing. But thanking the town of Smyrna, Mayor Reed, Brian uh, Hercules, Mark Atkins, and others, uh, Tim Morrell and others for helping lead that effort, and, and a Charlie Bond, Don White. Not only have you got the road going to Jefferson up to 840, which will eventually be continued on to Walter Hill. But that is a great site for job recruitment and industrial. Yeah, it's got Smyrna Ready Mix. There, yeah. Got a big facility coming over there. Looks like a high rise hotel. They're they're a sponsor of WGNS, by the way. Thank you, Mike Collingshead and Jeff Smyrna Ready Mix. All righty, gentlemen. Well, I'd like to thank you guys again. Our guests this morning, State Reps Tim Rudd, Mike Sparks, and Brian Terry. Gentlemen, thank you guys again, and I look forward to chatting with you again uh, next time. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, guys. Truman Show coming up next. we got some live music, and I think Johnny B is celebrating a birthday today, so that should be a good show. All that's coming up in just a few minutes. In the meantime, we're going to check on weather one final time this hour. Local news due at the top of the hour. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. Winds out of the north around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 53.